Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is joining us via Zoom today, taking a look at the issue of finger trouble. When you accidentally make a mistake entering bank details or booking information for a holiday or some other small number switch that can potentially have huge financial consequences for you. So we're going to deal with that first and then we hope there'll be time for a couple of open line calls as well towards the end of the hour. So just a reminder as always that if you want to ask a question or join the conversation the number to dial is 0214460567 and you're also welcome to send a voice note to 0725671567. Great to have you with us Wendy even if it must be from afar. Hi, Pippa. Absolutely. I hope you're hearing me okay. Absolutely loud and clear. You know, I'm one of those people who checks and double checks and triple checks and quadruple checks account numbers, Wendy, because I am so scared of making a finger trouble kind of error. And the reason I'm so scared is that I have read case study after case study of the terrible trouble people got into because of those errors over the years that we've been doing this show. Now, we've got a slightly different example to look at today from the usual version, which is the the story of somebody making a payment into the wrong bank account. You've got something a bit different for us today. Absolutely. So it involves um, a complaint I've never had before, a case that's never been brought to me around somebody who made a mistake um, while navigating um, the Airbnb app. Um, He was interested in making a booking on this particular uh, property for his family, but somehow, without meaning to, he hit the confirm booking uh, uh, booking request um, button, and yeah. um, and then things went terribly wrong for him after that, and um, we, we're going to hear from him. But um, I just thought we can't do this show without me um, doing a reminder yeah. about the scenario you've just outlined, because we're going to be making a lot of payments, most of us, more than usual at this time of year for accommodation, for other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, as you say, at this not a week that goes by that somebody doesn't write to me about this. And I'm like you as a result. I, I'm absolutely paranoid. It takes me ages to pay yep. someone new <laughs> because I, I check the numbers forward four times, backwards five times, then just a few. Then I break the number up, I copy and paste it and break it up. I mean, I am, it can take me 15 minutes. Sometimes I have to log out and go <laughs> again, but rather that. Than the um, alternative, yeah. Because I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit dyslexic with numbers anyway, so you can imagine how pain that I am. Yeah. But anyway, so so finger trouble of all kinds can be very expensive. Um, normally with banking accounts, it's either the person has selected the wrong beneficiary that they have saved, um, or more commonly, I suppose, is somebody getting the bank account number wrong somehow, leaving a number off, and so the computer system will add a zero, um, transposing two numbers, that kind of thing. So just yesterday, I received an email from Kete, who's a mechanical engineering student. He says, I went to Capitec Bank, into the branch, this is, to deposit 3,000 rand student fees for my university. I noticed my mistake when I saw the statement as it had another account, uh, another person's name linked to that account instead of the universities. I immediately went into the bank and they traced the account number and called the Capitec account holder and she said she's already used the money. And he even wrote, he said, his comment broke my my heart. He said, Ish, ma'am, I know it's a big mistake, but I'm wondering if you can offer me some advice on how I can get the account holder to pay me back. I won't be able to get my exam results. Oh, no. This is not paid. Please help me. I nearly shed a tear, Pippa. I just, I just, oh, it's so heartbreaking. Scenario. 
So he and went the worst to thing pay is, and paid yeah. the wrong account, and the person who received the money has not done the right and honourable thing of saying this is a mistake. They, they've taken it and yes. spent it. Oh, she's had a moral dilemma, and um, yeah, which is normally the, the, the um, and it's because this is so prevalent. I think people talk about it, and she thought, well, I'm spending this right now, and you know, <laughs> somebody in that position paying three thousand rand. You know, there's a good chance they won't have the the, the wherewithal and the means to uh, take legal action because that's what it would take, and there's still no guarantee of success. So the first thing first, it is a criminal offence. It is a form of theft if you accept money um, that you know wasn't meant for you. So this business of you put a plate of food in my lap, I'm going to eat it. It doesn't hold legally. Um, you are committing a form of theft. Yes, you didn't mm-hmm. ask for it. It fell into your account, but you are knowingly choosing to keep it. The bank has phoned you up and you've said, oh, sorry, I've spent it, yeah. which seems all right and good. And maybe the universe helping you out in your hour of need or your ancestors. I've heard every kind of justification. But the point is, if it happened to them, they wouldn't find that. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't buy that justification. They would just say, it's my money, give it back. So a good a reminder um, of how this works you may have to put in the account holder's name and their bank uh, branch code as well as the um, amount, but um, it doesn't have to be a match of all those things. As long as the account number that you actually put in by mistake is a valid account uh, number at that particular bank, the money will go. Yeah, It will just go. So I think a lot of people, because when we make payments, we have to put in those extra details like the name and the branch number. They think, well, you know, there's the, a the, double check everything has somewhere. to match. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't work like that. Valid account number at that bank and it will go. Um, I've raised this with um, the Ombuds, Ombudsman for Banking Services Investigations Manager, Narosha Masetti, not long ago. And this is the legal position because obviously they get inundated with requests from people like Kete who yeah. made this terrible mistake and are told that the money's gone. Um so the bank concerned can only attempt a recall of the funds if the beneficiary agrees to it. So in, in Kete's case, the woman whose account, uh, his money landed, landed in accidentally. Uh, Narosha says, in instances where the beneficiary agrees, the money is returned to the customer. Simple as that. But when the beneficiary does not agree to the recall, the bank will advise its customer that the beneficiary did not agree to the recall and therefore the bank is unable to reverse the payment. The customer would then need to follow the legal process to pursue his claim via the courts for unjustified enrichment because the the crux of the matter is that the bank is not a court of law and cannot decide on the liability between third parties. So these disputes have to be settled in court and and that's that's the unfortunate reality. And so so the person who made the mistake in transferring the money would then have to go and open a case against the person who accidentally received it. And Wendy, yep. that's easier said than done if you don't know who that person is because they're not necessarily going to know who the recipient was. No, and again, the bank is not obliged to give you that person's name. That's their customer, right? Yep. And they've only got your word for it that they're not entitled to that money. Um, so they would, if this happened to you, you would need to get an, a subpoena to then compel the bank to disclose that information, and that costs money in itself. And if the bank then gives you that information, with, um, if they go ahead and you beg and plead and they say, well, okay, and they give you that, those, those details – the bank will potentially expose itself to liability for breach of contact, um, contract. Rather, I have had some cases where the bank has taken pity, I suppose, and given um, the unintentional gifter um, those details, and then they've tried to take it up. I've 
been involved in a few cases where it's been a small business. And so I sort of put my consumer cap on and say, you know, this is not okay. And I've had some success with that. But in a case of a private individual, I mean, what can I do? This, this, they don't give it, they really care who I am. Yeah. Um, and, and they just, uh, they just keep the money. So please be paranoid when you're doing at EFT or when okay. you're clicking on your beneficiary list. Um, you've got a better chance if it is a beneficiary list that you have an established relationship with that person or company, it helps, but not always. You'd be surprised, especially in the case of some companies who just will find all manner of excuses like the accountants on leave or something. Mm-hmm. And then they just wear, wear you down and you never get your money back. So, so, so it does really, really pay to be paranoid about this process. Wendy, thanks. It's very, very sobering stuff. And as you've said, the consequences can be terrible. And I don't know where that leaves poor Kete with his exam fees, but one hopes that someone uh, will find a way to help or that that somebody at the bank will take pity and try and pressure that person. But how you pay back money you've already spent, I don't know. You've spent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, It's it's a really sobering example. Okay, now we have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking to somebody who had finger trouble of a different kind with equally catastrophic potential financial consequences in in a setting you wouldn't expect it to happen, and that is when making a holiday accommodation booking. So after the break, we'll chat to Mfundu Zungu about his experience, and please stay with us for that. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. That is the number to dial if you would like to speak specifically to the issue of finger trouble. Maybe you've had the experience of making a payment into the wrong account because you mixed up two digits or got one wrong, for example. Were you able to resolve it? Did you get any help from your bank when you asked them to intervene? Or did you have to sort it out yourself? And what did that involve? We welcome your participation in this conversation on 021-446-0567. You're also welcome to send us a voice note to 072-567-1567. What we'll do is set the scene for you, then we'll break to go to the news headlines and come back to speak to the person involved to get a sense of what happened. Wendy, the scene involves making a booking on Airbnb, something many of us do um, uh, very happily at this time of year in anticipation of a holiday, but things didn't go quite according to plan this time round. No, not at all. So Joburg businessman Mfundo Zungu contacted me uh, about a week ago about his super expensive finger trouble while he was engaging with a host of an upmarket property in Camps Bay. Um, the daily fee was 30,000 rand and he wanted uh, to make a booking for his extended family uh, for prime time. Boxing Day, that what do we call it this day of goodwill, mm-hmm. December the 26th to January the 3rd, so eight nights. Um, and he, the, the place was advertised as three bedroom, but there was a possible fourth bedroom that he saw, and he was just trying to work out whether it, they needed the four the, the four bedrooms. Um, and in that process, navigating the site, trying to um, just decide if it would be suitable, he accidentally um, hit on booking uh, request, um, and things went rather wrong from that moment on um, and I'm hoping he's going to be able to tell us himself. Before we go back to Mfundo's story, uh, Wendy, such a beautiful thing has happened. While the news was playing and John was talking, we have had two emails and three WhatsApps in from listeners all offering to contribute to Kete's vast news, which is just wonderful. Thank you, everybody. Um, uh, sure. You know, Pippa, that's so heartwarming. And I thought it might be a possibility. In fact, I thought I could get together with my f- mates and just say we've got to pay. Because how do you work it out? I did write to him um, as soon as I got that email um, 
it's been a week, I don't know if it was yesterday or this morning, but very recently, and said, um, asked him a few questions and I said, what is your, which university, because he didn't specify, mm. and and um, what is your account number? Um, and he hasn't got back to me yet. Um, so I will pursue it. He didn't leave his cell phone number, so I only have his email address. Okay. I don't know how we'll do that so that everybody feels comfortable that, you know, um, it, all above board and the money, I think the best thing is to pay it directly to the university, but we can chat off air and we'll make it happen. Just thank you so, so, so much um, for yeah. the offer. Yeah, thank how you. wonderful. The, uh, Nina, Michael, Jenny, and and a couple of anonymous WhatsApps as well. We so appreciate that that, that generous response. And yeah, we, 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 we'll collect all of your details and then we'll be in touch after the show about how we process that. What, what? Okay, I've totally lost my place I now, know, Wendy. I know, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, we were talking before the news break about uh, the story of, of Joburg businessman Fundun Zungu and his unfortunate accidental booking of a property he hadn't quite yet decided he actually wanted to book. And as you said, he, he hit that booking request button and realised straight away that, that he'd made a mistake. But when he tried to, to immediately intercede to, to stop that mistake, it didn't go quite as well as one might have hoped. And we've got Mfundo with us on the line to tell us what happened next. Mfundo, thank you for being prepared to join us on the show this afternoon to share your experience and welcome to Cape Talk. Uh, thank you, Pippa and um, Wendy, and uh, good afternoon to your listeners. So you realised you'd accidentally sent a booking request for a property that you hadn't actually quite yet decided you wanted to book, and it was for a very large sum of money because it was for several, uh, quite an extended period of, of, of travel. And Fundo, you, you realised the mistake straight away. What did you do to try and, and, and sort of stop it in its tracks immediately? Um, correct. Um so I mean, I'd initially engaged with the um, with the host, and um, as I said, yeah, um, that's had a bit of a problem because um, the listing said there were three bedrooms, and I needed a fourth. Um, but anyway, it got back back to me and said um, he would look into it, and um, but he hadn't got back to me. Um, he then sent me a message uh, with a voucher code in the in the late evening on the Saturday, and um, that's when I made the error when I was. Um, reading the message and uh, trying to navigate the app. Right. I then, I, yeah, I then sent him a message saying, um, "Listen, I'd requested the, I'd sent the request by error. Um, please don't accept the request as um, still inquiring about that fourth bedroom." Okay, so you immediately told him it was a mistake. I didn't mean to send that booking request. Please ignore it. But he didn't ignore it, did he? Uh, correct. Um, I then woke up the next morning and and uh, we are woken up to see that uh, they had accepted the re- uh, the request. Okay. And did any money go off from your account at that point, Mfundo? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So around <laughs> 240 ordered um, country. 240,000 rand had, had gone yes. off your account. Wow. Okay. Deep, deep breaths. Now, I, I assume you must have contacted him again to say that was a mistake. Can you please refund the money? But but what happened then? Uh, correct. I did uh, try to contact him. I sent him a message on the APFB app as well as on WhatsApp. And um, I'd said that I was unhappy that he had accepted the request. But, um, you know, that was an error on my part. And uh, I'd hoped that they would act in good faith, which they didn't. Um but we moved along, so I, I just, yeah, basically said to them, let's just explore this fourth bedroom option. 
Okay, and at this point, Wendy, you got involved because you realised there's no headway here. The money has gone off uh, despite Mfundo's uh, attempt to, 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 to block it um, by, by the correct channel of using yeah. the, the cancellation process. That that request had been ignored. And, uh, yeah, the issue of good faith, I think, is a key one here. What happened when you tried to intercede, Wendy? Okay, so first of all, I, I spoke to Mfundo at length and, we, and I established that they had um, the host had said yes, you can have that fourth bedroom, but it was um, an absolutely excessive daily rate, sort of half what the rest of the house uh, was costing, yeah. um, which made it prohibitive. And so it, that sort of just um, underlined, I think, the bad faith negotiation that was going on. So. Um, I incidentally, I was very interested in this issue of cancellation because it's squarely in the whole, you know, consumer rights um, ambit. And it's, of course, it's covered by the CPA, Consumer Protection Act, and that you can, you do have the right to cancel um, an advanced booking of any kind, including Mm -hmm. this kind, um, uh, without penalty, well, there can be no blanket. We've talked about this so many times yeah. with wedding bookings and everything. There can be no blanket, no refund fees. But obviously, depending on when you cancelled, how how soon after you made the booking, and how close to the actual event, uh, you, you get there's a sliding scale. So you get a lot if it's just after, as in Infundo's case, and a little bit at the end. So in Infundo's case, he should have got. He should in terms of the CPA, he should have got a full refund. But uh, you're now dealing with an organisation that's based outside of South Africa. Yeah. If they're operating here, they should um, they should follow the, the rules. But it, it, it's much more complicated when the organisation is not South African based. And I happen to know about uh, of a case very recently. A friend of mine owns a property right on the beach up the west coast, and he regularly regularly rents it out via Airbnb. And he said, funnily enough, he'd had a finger trouble scenario where a guest made a booking. Uh, he hit December instead of January uh, on the calendar, and yeah. he didn't want January. And he was contacted by Airbnb, that's the host, and said that the guest um, was uh, – he was told that he was actually entitled to keep 50% of sure. the amount paid as the host. And he said, no, 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 that's totally unfair. I'll get another book again December, for goodness sake. And he refunded in full. Okay. So that gave me an inkling that the hosts actually have a lot of discretion. Um, yeah. around that refund process. So I asked AMB to explain the cancellation policy and to what extent the host has the right to determine how the consumer is treated. Um, and I asked, does a guest who immediately indicates that they made a booking request an error ever get to cancel without penalty? Um, and obviously I suggested that um, in the case of Mfundo's mistake, which he immediately sought to correct, for him, for that to have cost him 240,000 rand or even half of that, was unfair in, in the extreme, extreme in anyone's book. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you had to take this to the Airbnb media office based in London. Uh, you did eventually get a response. What was the response? I Wendy? did. They were actually very, I was very impressed. Um, I got a phone call, asked if they could phone. We discussed it. Uh, there was a lot of detail in this in this case, which we're not necessarily, necessarily going to do on air. But um, uh, I finally got the response yesterday and it went like this. We were disappointed to hear about this experience and after reviewing this particular case, we've refunded the guest in full as a goodwill gesture, not the goodwill gesture, yeah. but um, oh, oh, is taking it, we can hear from him in a minute. Um, we encourage guests, guests to thoroughly review the cancellation terms that will apply prior to booking a stay and our community support team is available 24-7 to assist.
Okay, Mfuno, deep breath. Did the money come back into your account? Have you received that refund? Uh, yeah, thankfully it did. Oh, thank goodness. Thank yeah. goodness. How do you yeah. feel about the fact that they're terming it a goodwill gesture rather than a fair, fair reimbursement for a cancellation? Um, uh, to be honest, um, I'm just happy the money was refunded. And um, yeah, I mean, initially, my issue wasn't really with the FBMP, it was more with the host. Um, yeah. So yeah, I am I, grateful to, to Wendy and um, as well as FBMP for refunding the money. I'm so relieved on your, your, for your sake that that, that that did eventually happen in Fundo and I hope uh, uh, it hasn't prejudiced your ability to have the holiday that you were trying to book for in the end. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're still, still looking around that. Um, yeah, but... Okay. Uh, yeah. Just, just at least you got money now to pay yeah, for it. At least, thank you, Wendy. <laughs> before before we let him Fundo go, I know there was a yes. particular issue around the sort of the, the details of the booking that you wanted to get his view on, and that this came down to the issue of a so-called non-refundable option. Yes, and and that and the fact that um, you know Airbnb told me that guests can withdraw a booking request at any point prior to the host accepting, and they won't be charged, um, and that they can do it on the app. Um, and but Mfunda didn't see that, and he's not exactly you know a stranger to making his way around an app. So I, I, I'm thinking it's either not in your face enough, or there was some reason there. Because so, uh, let's hear from Mfunda. Was it, did you, that never? You never saw that in any way when you were desperately trying to withdraw it, right? Um, yeah, correct. Um, I looked looked around the app, and I couldn't see the uh, withdrawal of the request. I just saw the cancellation policy, which um, stated that if I did cancel, um, yeah, I'd, I'd forfeit the whole sum, uh, the whole sum of money once the the host had um, accepted, um, which is why I obviously did not cancel the booking and had um, kind of uh, reached out to the actual host. Yeah. You're not alone, by the way. Sean has just WhatsApped us to say, in my experience, the Airbnb site doesn't make it easy to message the owner without mm. having a booking available. And that is where this really started. It makes it difficult to ask questions or verify options before you decide to book. And uh, really, that's exactly how Mfundo ended up in this position because he was trying to engage with the owner to ask questions before making a decision on booking. And this was this was how it ended up in the end. Now, Wendy, um, as you said, it clearly the, the information on how to do that and engage with the owner needs to be made a bit more prominent. Yes, I did make Um, that point. They also told me that, and this is is to the point about how much power do the hosts have. They told me that hosts on Airbnb set their own cancellation policy and cancellation details for a stay are also shown before submitting a request to book. Um, So the refund amount depends on the cancellation policy and when the guest cancel so very good you know read through all of that part mm. uh btc's first but this is what we need to ask confundo now uh Airbnb said the guest chose um the non-refundable option and went off platform to communicate with the host so Mfundo, do you recall there being that another option did you did you did you proactively select i, I want this non-refundable option because i can't imagine you would you would do that um, yeah, correct. Um, I mean, I didn't see that it was a non-refundable option. Um, as I said, the host just sent me a voucher in the middle of the evening. And uh, when I read the message and tried to navigate the app, I made the request um, accidentally. Yeah. And uh, speaking to engaging offline, um, the host then 
send me a WhatsApp and um, to to engage with them um, to explore this fourth option. And um, so, I mean, this was on Sunday um, during the day. Um, I then wake up on Monday morning to an email, so again offline, from the host saying that um, I'd wish to cancel. Um, so they have done that on my behalf and I forfeit the full sum of money. Yeah. yeah. But he never cancelled. So that's you never yeah. cancelled in Funda. So that was the thing. Yeah. Just to quickly run through the other cancellation policies, which is, I mean, all used to be the majority of listings on Airbnb, according to their media office in London, have flexible or moderate cancellation policies, both of which allow for full refunds of the nightly rate where cancellations are made at least five days prior to check-in. This was an answer to my question, can you ever cancel with no penalty? Yeah. Uh, and that's regardless of the circumstances. So up to five days before you check in. Flexible policies allow for full refunds on cancellations made at least 24 hours before check-in. Moderate policies allow for full refunds of cancellations on cancellations at least five days before check-in. Any exclusions are clearly stated on the site. site. Our global community is available, community support that is, is available 24-7 to help. Um, and they've given their details. And they also discouraged people. They said, rather communicate everything on app so we can check it because they can't see now what was happening privately between Mpundo and that host, okay. which they ideally would like to see because then different versions come in and it muddies the waters. So nice result, but interesting to know. I think um, I'm just a little concerned that Mpundo didn't know that he was opting for non-refundable and and so I, I think I need to spend some time on the site seeing how that works and hoping I don't have to I was say do so with great caution Wendy <laughs> I'll with do great it caution a, a, it won't be on a 30,000 rand <laughs> night venue I can tell you <laughs> Fundo, thank you so much for joining us to share the story. And I'm really relieved on your part that, uh, that, that the money is back in your account. Uh, it must be a huge worry off your shoulders, but appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. Thank you so much, Papa and Wendy. Fundo Zunga speaking to us there from Santon. Okay, so all's well that ends well in that case, but raising some important questions there around the cancellation policies and the fact that uh, the hosts themselves have quite a lot of say in, in how they apply those. So do please take the time to read them carefully before you commit to the booking and do be careful of not accidentally committing to a booking as Mfundo did. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. Right. Um, we continue uh, Consumer Affairs with Wendy Nola. And seeing as we've been talking refunds, let's go to an open line question around refunds. It comes from Vainant in Belleville. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Papa. How are you? Well, thanks. And yourself? Good, thank you. Good. What's the question, Vainant? Um, so I bought a UPS, obviously, when the load shedding started in July from this year. Um, and then obviously plugged it in, only used it on my Wi-Fi router, so it's not putting a lot of weight on the UPS. Um, the batteries are faulty. They're not. They're not working the way they should. Sent it back to take a lot for the refund, or not even refund, just a replacement or repair. And then I got a mail back saying that they're not willing to send it back to the supplier or give me a refund due to the fact that there's certain cables that wasn't given back to with the system. But the cables, I'm not asking for new cables because we're not using them. Um, and they just said no. If we don't give them the, the cables and the manual back, they're not. They're not going to refund or replace the item in any way. I just wanted to know how does that work. Um, Vainant, um what was the reason you didn't send the the cables, which obviously are required for the device that you bought to work, the UPS? Yeah, so the, the, cables, 
Yeah, no, no. So the cables that are they, there's a lot of extra cables that come with the with the item. So there's U, UPS or USB cables and extra stuff that you don't really need okay. to use if you're not connected yes. to your computer. Um, so I just obviously kept those cables, or I must actually could still go find them. But yeah, so I'm not using those cables anyway. So I'm not asking for the new cables. I just want them to test the unit, see if the batteries are faulty, and then tell me like, cool, we can replace the batteries or fix the unit for you. Okay. Um, in this case, certainly, as we've said many times on this show, they do not have the right to ask you for the original packaging. So if you throw in the box away, um, that can't be a barrier to uh, you having your recourse to the three R's within six months, your refund, replacement or repair. But they do have a right to want to, to say we need the whole item to be to come back um, to us, all the, the intrinsic product um, okay. that was sent to you. So you're still within that six months period. Um, yeah. And I would suggest that you just comply because it's, 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 not, it's not going to prejudice you in any way. Um, and as you say, you've asked for a replacement. Um, and that should sort the problem out. And you're welcome to email me if if it doesn't. Occasionally, I've had a, a case recently where um, somebody in returns at Take-A-Lot gave the wrong information and said, this is not a valid um, return and we're not, there's no recourse. I got involved and said, there's definitely recourse here. And the media people said, sorry, that that consultant erred and they sorted it out. But I think you had shaky ground to say, uh, to refuse to send back the cables that go with that UPS. As I say, just do it, it should sort it out. And if it doesn't, there'd be no. Yeah, uh, I will definitely do that. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, like I said, I only asked them for a replacement of the unit or because they could not saying they're not even sending it back to their supplier to test unless they get all the cables back. Yeah, so they're entitled to, you might think it's not necessary, but that they're most certainly entitled to get the entire product and every bit of accessory that, that's with it. They aren't entitled to say, where's the box, but the product itself um, and all the components that go with it to make it work, um, they most definitely are, are, are within their rights to demand before they will entertain any sort of recourse. Okay, very nice. Thanks. I hope that works. If that doesn't work, then please do come back to us and, and let us know. Uh, I think we've got time to squeeze in one more question that's come in as a voice note. Let's take a listen. Hello, ladies. I'm just wondering uh, if there's anything that can be done about it. But a few days back, Game advertised selling um, cameras for five rand on a particular day at only a selected few stores. Um, and of course, that piqued everybody's interest. So I'm sure like everybody else, I also went quite early to the store. I was fifth in the queue. We stood probably for about two hours outside oh. before they opened the door. Um, I rushed in along with all the others, all very excited to get a five rand instant camera, um, only to be told at the, at the desk inside that they didn't have any stock. They'd only had one item that was faulty and yeah, tough. And so it is kind of, yeah, it seems disingenuous on behalf of game that they would advertise something. I know its stocks are limited, but stocks are non-existent um, is quite another story. But I suppose um, that's how it is during Black Friday, or is it? Are there any are there any um, things that we can do about it? This is Pauline in Kenilworth. Thank you. Thanks, Pauline. It's a good question. Yeah, it's stocks such are a limited good question. Is, is, is a common yes. trick to say that those stocks might only have been three cameras in the first place, but to have effectively none when you've advertised yes. that there's some, where did so they stand? That's covered by the CPA, and it's called uh, bait marketing, and it's yeah. outlawed. So if a company um, 
advertisers are special like that. They should have given their past experience with the market and their understanding of retail and consumer response. They should have a reasonable amount of stock available at each branch to which the special applies. And if they don't, they're guilty of, of uh, bait marketing. And um, they w- you would have a very valid case if you took it to um, for example, the Ombudsman for Consumer Goods and Services. However, what people really want is some kind of recourse, and I'm mm. going to have to get a hold of my contact, um, the corporate communications person at Massbot, which owns this game, right? Yes, game, yes. Game, yeah. um, and ask them about this because they've obviously had other complaints. I incidentally thought that where that complaint was going was around um, the price and that um, where they got there, it was actually 500 rand or whatever. And the yeah. answer to that is if it's an obvious mistake, in the price, um, uh, and they take uh, steps to correct it immediately or as soon as possible, then a retailer does not have to honor that price. But at Black Friday, that becomes a very gray, yeah. murky area because it's anything goes on Black Friday. So a camera for five rand, and in this case, it turned out to be a genuine offer. The other thing that gamers certainly should have done is put a sign at the entrance to say, if you're here for the camera, please note there's no, nothing in stock. So yeah. that's that was certainly within their control, um, and that's unacceptable. So I'm definitely going to take this one up, and I will talk about it um, next week because it's a very interesting issue, this bait marketing thing. And so, yeah, to be continued next week. Okay. Wendy, good luck to you with Black Friday looming. I'm sure your inbox yeah. is going to be overflowing this weekend. But as always, thank you for your help yeah. to our listeners, and we'll chat again You're next welcome. week. Will do. Thank you, Pippa. And everyone else, keep a cool head on Friday, please. And remember, if you do have an issue to raise with Wendy, the best thing to do is pop an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R.